Hi, I'm Bobby, and this is Abby, and we are hosts of the Filling You Up With Hope podcast and Filling You Up With Hope YouTube channel, and we are so glad that you're here. Hi, welcome to Filling You Up With Hope. We're so thankful that you're here today, and we are so blessed. We have another special guest with us, Kim, mm-hmm. who is a wonderful, wonderful sister yeah sister in christ who goes to our church and she's a mother and a grandmother and a wife and and just a a wonderful person who loves jesus and And she's in charge of the women's ministry at our church yes yep and just put together a tea that god was definitely working through her it was really a special tea and she shared her testimony at the tea and so now we're blessed that um she's gonna share it Again, for everyone to hear. So, um, welcome, Kim. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Any any time. Yeah. Yes. Um, really quick before the the testimony, um, there's a a couple Bible verses that we're focusing on today. Yes, like um, two Corinthians five seventeen. Mm. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed. Behold, the new has come. Mm, I love that. Yes. So true. Yeah, uh-huh. it is. It is. And it's and it happens, like, as soon as you invite Jesus into your heart, it's mm-hmm. like he starts the sanctification process, whether you like it or not. Right. <laughs> and sometimes the pruning that he has to do is very uncomfortable, but it's necessary because yeah. we're supposed to put off our old self mm-hmm. and put on our new self. Yeah, it is. only in Christ. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and you can look back six months, one year, two years ago mm-hmm. and think, man, I have changed so much, and it's only because of God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen, Bobby. That's so true. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And the second verse is going to be Romans twelve two. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed mm-hmm. by the renewal of your mind. Mm-hmm. And isn't that funny that that says that? Because before we, like, claim Jesus as our Savior, mm-hmm. we all we know is the conformity of the world, right? I mean, you're called out for being weird when you're not normal as a child. And, like, keeping up with the Joneses and the whole nine yards. I mean, I think the list could go on, mm-hmm. right? And And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be weird. And we're supposed to be social outcasts and different, you know. Yeah. And kids, like, naturally, they want to fit in and be like everybody else and be like this world. Like, it's a natural thing that a lot of kids have. When in reality, like, we should want to be conformed to heaven, like, to God. And be... And instilling that in our kids. Oh. Right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I I have on my mirror, um, do you want a kingdom here on earth or do you want a kingdom or do you want a part of God's kingdom? Mm-hmm. Because it's so easy to be, mm-hmm. you know, to keep your eyes focused like, on this world. And scripture tells us don't store treasures where moth and rust can get to them. Store them right. up in heaven where it matters because mm-hmm. the hay and the stubble will be burned away. Mm-hmm. So it's better to store your treasures yeah. elsewhere. God oh. blesses us here with a home, with a car, with a mm-hmm. job, with money. And having money is not bad for a Christian. It's what you do with it. Yes. Oh, that's so true. So, 
That's it's so okay true. to be having material things here, but just know you can't take it with you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so this is not anything really related to that, but I had a conversation. You said chaff. And that <laughs> made me think about I had a conversation today and it had nothing to do with any Christianity or anything, but he used a reference. It separates like the chaff. And yeah. I, I was like, oh, wow, I know what you mean by that. Like, you know, like, just, yeah. you know, and it, he, we were talking about sand and water because yeah. we have a water jet and the process of get, of disposing of the, of the water jet sand. And he was, he was just explaining his process. Mm-hmm. And when he said it, it basically separates the chaff from like the grain or whatever he said. And I was like, ah, oh, I bet he's a Christian. <laughs> oh, but God is everywhere in this earth. Yeah. You know, like I've talked about this before in the podcast, how trees, like trees are in all different climates and they're all a reminder of the garden and of roots Mm -hmm. and how we need to be rooted in God. I mean, there's so many reminders just in a tree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. I mean, there's reminders all around us of. Oh, oh, God. No matter. No matter where you look, you're going to see a reminder that God is. There is a God. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a song by a country and western song that's called There is a God. Mm. Just look around. Yeah. Yeah. How can you not say that there is no God, that this all just came about by happenstance? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And people think that, oh, then why would these horrible things happen? And, you know, when... Now I'm going to make Bobby cry. But when my when my son died and I held him afterwards, like I don't know if I've ever felt Jesus more, even though that is like such a painful thing. But right. he had no cords and he was just in such peace and I knew that he was with Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like he is even in those dark moments. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. It, just, it made me think of that, of him. I'm going to need these anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Kim's Kim's gonna tell us our testimony in yes. a few minutes, and you will need tissues. Here is your warning: yes. if you don't have tissues, run nearby, and get them right now. Yeah, get them now. We can be sponsored by a tissue. <laughs> I am like I like the I don't like the Kleenex ones. So if anyone's gonna sponsor us, it has to be like the recycled ones, and not because I'm a hippie, because I like them coarser. <laughs> Job. I think so. I don't. I don't like that. It leaves like cl- my sister brought these, but I don't like how it Indeed. leaves like that stuff on. Yeah, you know, like the oils yes. on your face. Oh, I accidentally bought some that had lotion in them. <gasps> yes, that's. What I'm these like, are. what yeah, did I do? Something. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I don't like them, but they'll work for me. Lotionless <laughs> ones are definitely the best, especially yeah. if you have eyeglasses. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. It's funny with <laughs> with therapists. Like when I was in school. One of my teachers, who was a therapist, was like, and don't put tissues in your therapy offices because that that gives them the message, like, to put away your tears. And I'm thinking, when I'm ugly crying, like, I need a tissue. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I, ugly crying, first of all. It's hysterical. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but I need, you know what I mean? If your nose is running and stuff, like, you need a tissue. Oh, Absolutely. my gosh. And I, it doesn't mean stop crying. It's comforting. Yeah. No, I've I think, spent but many everyone's years different. in um, therapy after <laughs> my husband and my yeah. divorce or during that whole process and I probably owe her a box or five of tissues <laughs> a whole U-Haul truck full yeah. of tissues no, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can relate 
Yeah. Um, but we have one more verse, and then, so you read that, Kim. Okay. This is from John 14, verse 6. Jesus answered, I am the way, mm-hmm. the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, so good. Um, so, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about how... God changed your life, right? Because you said that that is like the theme of your testimony. Um, well, I have been, I'm, uh, I've been through a lot in my mm-hmm. years before I became mm-hmm. a Christian. I didn't get saved until I was in my late 20s. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't feel a need for Christ. I didn't feel a need for anybody that I wanted to give control of my life to because I wanted to control my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, he just, I just felt him calling me for a few years, and finally Mm -hmm. I heeded that call, and um, it led me to where I am now. It led me to my church, which led me to some friends who um, gave me a computer, which led me to meet my husband. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, Mm -hmm. he's really transformed me and changed me, and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was lost. I was Mm -hmm. a wretch. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Didn't really fully know what that meant. I do now, of course. Um, and I certainly didn't deserve to be covered by his blood. But he died for me, even if I was the only one. Mm-hmm. So, And I can't help but tell about how mm-hmm. he changed me. If people are willing to hear my testimony, I'm willing mm-hmm. to share it with them. Mm-hmm. Really quickly, um, you said you felt him calling you. What did, what did that look like? Um, well, I had gone to church a couple of times with a friend of mine um, that lived in my neighborhood, and um, there was just something peaceful about the people that I was around. And a matter of fact, it was the very first location of Bethlehem on Roosevelt Avenue in Springfield before oh, it moved really? to um, Hamden. And, um, you know, I, I felt it that he was sensing, uh, that I was sensing that he was calling me, but, you know, I was a teenager, and I said, no, this is not for me. So I ran. And then there were just some other circumstances in my life that I felt that I need to change. I had that conviction, and I just felt that it was him telling me, you need to change. But I kept running, you mm. know, and he kept reaching because you cannot run the long arm of the Lord no matter how many times you try to run right. and how far you go. He, If he has chosen you to be one of his children, he will find you and he will save you. Yeah, mm. which is why John fourteen six is my favorite verse. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. that's that's really like hopeful. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely is. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and he'll bring you out of the deepest depths of despair that you're going through. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you're if you, even if you're not going through anything, you know, just knowing that he's there with you and mm-hmm. by you, and he puts people in your lives. Um, yeah. to help you along and just at the right moment you know the, you'll get a call from someone or you'll get a text from someone or you'll run into them yeah and that's a divine rendezvous mm-hmm. because i don't believe in coincidences right Not before god yes but now he knows everything yeah from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet yeah so you can't put anything over on him you can't hide from him, as Adam found out in the garden. Mm-hmm. God knew yep. where he was, but he still said, Adam, where are you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He knew where he was. Yeah. You can't run from God. Mm-hmm. So. That's so true. Yeah. So, so do, you rem- do you remember 
Um, like, was there a moment that you like let your guard down about God or was it more of like a process? Um, it actually honestly started the very first Sunday that I attended Bethlehem. As I'm mm-hmm. sharing my testimony, mm-hmm. um, one of the elders was teaching Sunday school and teaching from the book of John, which is why I've come to love that book mm-hmm. even today. Mm-hmm. And I just felt this, I can't even describe it. I just felt something wash over me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I've been there ever since. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, yeah. and... It's just pretty incredible, the transformation that he can make if you let him truly come in and house clean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's hard. That is it hard. It is very and hard. It's painful, but it's 100% worth it. Yep. It really mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, his, you know, God's word does say that he is the vine mm-hmm. and we are the branches. Mm-hmm. And he does cut parts of us, part of our lives out. He doesn't erase the memories we have, whether they be good or bad memories, mm-hmm. because that helps shape who we are in Christ. Mm. And as sisters in Christ, it's a lot tougher because we wear a lot of hats. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mom, mm-hmm. wife, uh, career person, bill payer, shopper, whatever, taxi cab. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. and even, even in that, we have to be very careful not to get too prideful about that if we yes. have too much to do. Oh yeah, because yeah. wow. we're not doing it. You no. know, and that's I was just gonna say. Yeah, that. like I, the amount I rely on Jesus mm-hmm. every single day and every single hour, and it, even just the little things, even to get through my work day without sinning. Mm-hmm. Essentially, while well, I sin, no matter what, in my thoughts all the time. <laughs> yeah. However, mm-hmm. like that's what he was there for. But you're a work in progress. Yeah. Any Christian yeah. that says they've got it all together while their mm-hmm. feet are still on this mm-hmm. earth are lying and I apologize for using that blunt word but we will not be perfected until we get called home I think Pastor Darren said that last week didn't he he said that yeah. He said we are never going to be fully sanctified. Shout out to Pastor Darren. I know. I love Pastor Darren. Yeah, he's such a good man. Yep. And it never says in the Bible that we're not gonna go through the hard things. It just says that he's with us. Yes. And that's the only way. Right. That we can get through it. And it's not us. Like, there's so much pride, like what you guys are talking about. And, like, on on Facebook and Instagram, especially now with the end of the year, people are posting, oh, my kid did this, did that. And I'm guilty of doing that sometimes. We all are. But in reality, it's like God working through them. Because mm-hmm. we get so right. prideful. We did this. Right. We did, you right. know. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, and that and that's okay. Um, yeah, I think it's okay to be proud of your accomplishments uh-huh. as long as you don't put them above God, because mm-hmm. then you're idolizing what mm-hmm. you've done. Mm-hmm. Um, just a quick side note: I used to be in the choir when we had choir, and um, a few years back we were doing a Christmas cantata, mm-hmm. and one of my one of my best friends, who was a first soprano like I was, came down with laryngitis. Mm-hmm. So I was standing next to, I forget what part, but um, she couldn't sing, but she stood there next to me holding my hand Aww. while I belted out those notes. Uh-huh. And I got done and I was like, oh, thank you God for bringing me through that. And people kept coming up to me and saying, wow, you know, that was great. That was great. And I could have said, yeah, I know. I yeah. know. Yeah. But I just say, thank you. God gave me that talent, but the glory goes to him. Yeah. You know who's good at that? Leanna. 
Yeah. yeah. Like, shout out Leanna. Yeah. But she's Woo-hoo. always giving God the glory mm-hmm. for everything. It doesn't matter. If you're like, like, Leanna, you made such a good meal. That was God. Or it, I, I'll be like, well, um, I, you know, I got the vacuum cleaned. That was God. Like, she's so good at bringing it back to God. You know, like, uh, I, that is a good friend, yeah. by the way, but. And we were talking about the NBA draft earlier. Shout NBA draft. Just kidding. Just kidding. But some of the players were so cocky, like thinking that you could tell that they just think that they're the best. Right. And others know. And one of the things that I love about Steph Curry is that, like, he's had press conferences, you know, and talked about how it's not me. Like, the great things that I do, I mean... Any everything that I do, it's God, right? In me, you know, working yeah. through me, yeah. Right. Mm. And and that's powerful, and that's a powerful th- role model for our children, like what you were saying. Absolutely, yes. absolutely, <laughs> because there's so many pro athletes out there that are just all about themselves. Um, there's one young man from the Grizzlies, I think, mm-hmm. and he was on some TikTok videos waving a gun. And oh. he got, yes, John Moran. He got suspended. Yeah. Yeah. For the remainder of this year and into next year. And that's just sad. Why would you do that? Yeah. So our young boys and, and young ladies as well, they see that and they want to imitate right. their yeah. idols. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it's just that. So, so shout out yeah. to the Christian football players, baseball, basketball, gymnasts, <laughs> whatever your sport is. Shout out to you for not being ashamed. Like, yes. Yes. Yes, that's a I good point because mm. shame I mean that's something that we'll have a podcast about yeah, sometime because yeah, yeah. we all walk around with shame right mm. yeah yeah when you have when you have the light of Christ in you you're not supposed to put it under a basket and nope. hide yes. it on a hillside yes. you're supposed to let it shine yeah exactly and you do that with the way you live yes right we were talking about that walk the earlier. walk and yeah. talk the talk yeah yes absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. even even imperfectly because we aren't None of us are perfect, and we're going to make mistakes. Right. And there's going to be non-Christians that are going to point that out to us. Look at you. All the time. Look what you did. Well, but God's grace covers me, and if I repent, he's faithful and just to forgive me, and I move on. And I I always say, he came to save the sick, not Not the perfect. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. And they can, I mean, any, that's always stopped. Anytime anyone's been like, oh, Christian girls swore. Or something, you know. I always say that, and they can—they have no rebuke to that. But we're because sinners so saved by grace. Right. Yeah. We don't get saved, and then we don't sin anymore. We don't curse anymore. We don't whatever anymore. Oh, right. Because that's just not reality. Right. And 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 our defense—not our defense, because we have no defense. <laughs> but if we were perfect, we would not be relatable to people that we need to reach. Exactly. That's such a good point. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't know. That just came. Because they'll just yeah. think. They'll just look at us like we're better than thou. Right. And uppity and whatnot. And, exactly. And how are we supposed to win souls for the kingdom if we're like, oh, right? My four and no more. Right. Let me lock my door from the inside. You stay outside. Right. You wear sneakers to church. You're not allowed to come in. Ah, uh, mm. so good. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And it's hard because a lot of us have been through things, and then we put these walls up. Uh. So it's hard to be authentic because mm-hmm. we we don't want right. to get hurt, right? And but when you love Jesus, you can face your fears. Yeah. You can do things that you never thought that you can do, like because right. it changes you, like what your your testimony yeah. is about. Exactly. <laughs> so tell us, so tell us your testimony. 
tell us, tell you my testimony. All right. Yeah. And whoever <laughs> listens to the eight people that we have listening. <laughs> well, if you post a link, I promise to share it on my Facebook page. Oh, okay. yeah. We do. Well, I'm in charge of our Facebook, so pray for me. <laughs> you got this. God's got this. God's got you. <laughs> yep. So we've been talking about the change and how God changes you. So what I'm about to share is a total transformation of what I call the old Kim mm. and the new Kim. Because in Christ I am a new creation yeah. and the old has gone away. Mm-hmm. So, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Kim Kelsey. My husband is Scott and we have been married since 1999. Before us, we have between us, we have five children. Eric from my previous marriage and Ryan, Sean, Eric and Heather from Scott's. I am a proud Oma to two awesome grandchildren, Tamsin, who will soon be seven, and Grayson, who just turned three. I share my home with a two-and-a-half-year-old Great Dane named Elijah (laughs) and a two-year-old Balinese cat named Violet and a one-year-old Siamese named Sebastian. Springfield, Mass. is my home and has been for much of my life, though I have lived in Chicopee, Munson, and in Palmer. I work for a very large health insurance company and have been for almost 15 years. Wow. My faith story started when I was 28, but sensing God was calling me sooner, let me share a bit of my life with you. I am the youngest of six children and was raised by a single mom. My dad was in the area and remarried again. I didn't see him much. Little did I know this would play a big part in my life choices. As I said, I grew up in Springfield in a housing complex with lots of duplexes and triplexes. There were a lot of single moms who lived there with their children, so I had a lot of friends growing up. I was a bit of what's called a tomboy, so most of my friends were boys, though I did have a few girlfriends. Life growing up was good, but I was a bit of a handful as I approached my teenage years. I picked up some very bad habits in the early years of my youth. When I turned 16, one of my relatives decided it was time for me to try getting high. I had already been smoking cigarettes, so I figured, hey, why not give it a try? I was quickly hooked and had a pretty good habit going on. Soon I was very popular with my friends because I had a steady supply of my new habit. My house was the party house after school. My mom didn't get home from work until five o'clock, so we had time to party and time for me to get the smell out of the house. But I think my mom knew what was going on. Moms have a way of knowing these things. Soon smoking wasn't cutting it anymore for a good high, so I turned to other things as a supplement. Beer, hard liquor, wine, I would drink whatever I could get my hands on, but still that wasn't enough. Nothing was satisfying the emptiness I had inside. A new family moved in next door to us, and there was a boy my age. I thought, huh, he's kind of cute, but very shy. (laughs) Shy was not an adjective used to describe me, so I knew I had to bring him out of his shell. We soon began talking, and then, much to my mom's dislike, began dating. We quickly moved to a physical relationship, and I thought, Now, this will fill the void in my heart for not having my dad in my life, but sadly, it did not. I was getting high before work one day with someone I thought was a friend, but later found out he was an undercover police officer. 
I don't really remember much of what happened that day, but I remember I ended up in my boss's office and one of my sisters and the friend were there. I was told there was supposedly some pictures of me buying some drugs from him, but I was not allowed to see those pictures. Because of my age at the time, 17, I was given two choices, go to juvenile hall or go live with my sister until I turned 18. My sister basically made the decision for me, and my mom signed the papers for my sister to become my temporary guardian, and off I went to live with her. I was very resentful at first, but after a while, I actually enjoyed spending time at her home with her and my then brother-in-law. When I turned 18, I moved back home for about a week. Rick, my boyfriend, had moved to a different housing development in Springfield, and I left my mom's home to go live with him and his family. We were very much in love, but it was not a good situation for me. There was a lot of partying going on, and soon my old habits crept back into my life as they had never left, only much worse than before. Fast forward a few years and I found myself pregnant. I quit doing the drugs I had so grown fondly of, and depended on and the alcohol which had become my friend because I now I knew it wasn't good for my baby. My dad was sort of back in the picture base and basically told Rick that he had no choice but to marry his daughter. So at the age of 20, we got married in my dad's living room. I was four months pregnant at the time so I could not wear a traditional dress. So my wedding dress was made by my sister. It was hideous. <laughs> Seriously. After we married, we found a small one-bedroom apartment to live in. It was a dump compared to being home with my mom. I was starting to wish I had never left. In July of 1983, Rick and I welcomed a beautiful, healthy baby, and we named him Eric. He was just the sweetest, happy baby. But Rick seemed unhappy. Rick and I were married for about five years when I started noticing some changes in him. He was very distant when he was home and would often stay out late after work a few times a week, mostly on the weekends. I was in love and naive at the time, so I didn't think anything of it until my brother, who worked for the same company and in the same department as Rick, told me he had seen Rick having lunch with a woman and they looked pretty chummy. I brushed it off. That night when I was doing some cleaning after Eric had gone to bed, I found a folded piece of paper on our dresser. I opened it and found a phone number written on the paper with a name on it. I decided to give the number a call. That was dumb. <laughs> Rick answered and I could hear a woman in the background asking who he was talking to. She was speaking in Spanish, but I understood every word she was saying. I dropped the phone to the floor and then myself. I couldn't breathe. My head was spinning. How could this have happened? What was I doing wrong? How come I couldn't see the signs? Rick's mom, Gloria, told me I was enchulao, which in Spanish means madly in love. She was right. I was. So much that I was blind to the signs I know now, but didn't see back then. I eventually left Rick because of what he had done. I didn't serve that, and I certainly didn't want Eric around him. We found a nice little apartment in Springfield and were quite happy. 
Rick tried to apologize and wanted to move back with us. I told him no. He got pretty angry about that and shoved me against the wall. Eric came running from his room and got in between the two of us and was yelling at his dad to leave me alone. He was five. He left me alone after that. So there I was all alone and a single mom, just like my mom and her mom before her. I met a new guy and we started to see each other often. Soon things moved to the physical and I was hooked. I asked him to move in with Eric and me and he said yes, and Chulao all over again. He was an alcoholic and a very heavy one at that, but I never went back. I had my son to consider. We lived together for about three years and then one day he told me he was moving out because he didn't love me anymore. I couldn't believe it. Strike two. I was 28 and Eric was eight when I met Jesus and I was really struggling at the time financially and emotionally because I was still recovering from a bad breakup with my then boyfriend. I didn't have much purpose other than raising my son the best I could. This was a very dark time for me. I had met a friend through my previous boyfriend and she invited Eric and I to visit her church. Eric and I had attended a different local church prior to her invitation, but I felt very uncomfortable there. So we stopped attending, but we decided to check out her church to see what it was like. God had started really pursuing me and I think I was starting to let him. The following Sunday, we attended church and she invited me to Sunday school with her. A man was teaching from the Bible from the book of John. What he was speaking on talked of God's love and how he came to, the, came to earth and died for everyone. I thought to myself, he would do that for me, but why? But as I listened, I could feel a stirring in my heart and I knew I had to hear more. Following Sunday school was music and a sermon. I couldn't tell you what the pastor talked about because it was a long time ago, but I just sensed that this is where my son and I belonged was a glimpse of hope starting to break through. The people at that church were so nice and I felt so welcomed, but not overwhelmed as with the previous church we briefly attended. I knew that day that this is where Eric and I needed to be to begin the healing process of many years of uncertainty, struggle, drug and alcohol abuse, and just plain tough times. After a few weeks at church, one of the women asked me if she might be able to come over my house to talk. I extended the invite to a night that I would that would forever change who I was and what my future would hold. He was beginning to change me. That night she came over after dinner and we chatted for a bit. She asked me some questions and then shared some scripture verses with me from the Bible in the book of Romans about sin and falling short of God's glory. The scriptures explained that we all deserved eternal separation from God but if we called on the name of Jesus, we would be saved from that separation and we could spend our lives with God forever. My heart felt hope. She asked if I would like to make Jesus Lord of my life and begin living for him, and I said I would. So she led me in the prayer for sinners and to the forgiveness and the love of God. After we prayed, I felt free. I felt true love the love I had been searching for for such a long, long time. I felt like I had the will to live. No longer did I have an emptiness in my heart. I had Jesus. 
and he began the slow process of restoring and showing me his love, the one true love I would ever need. I made a vow that if it were to be just me and him for the rest of my days, I was okay with that. I was focused on being a mom and I was building a career in the insurance field, but God had other plans for me. About two weeks after I made God that vow in the spring of 1998, I met a man via a Christian chat room. His name was Scott and he lived in Minnesota. We chatted online for six months before exchanging phone numbers and photos. He sent me a picture of himself in an email and I sent a picture of me. Now, back in 1998, I had dial-up internet. <laughs> you all are probably hearing that annoying sound in your head right about now. <laughs> when I finally was able to open the picture, I got chills. And just as you are hearing my voice now, I audibly heard God say to me, this is the man I've chosen for you to marry. I thought to myself, mm -hmm. and I think I even might have said it out loud, are you kidding me, God? Don't you know I have a terrible track record with guys? But I heard him say it again. I printed out Scott's picture and brought it to church the following Sunday and told all my friends that this was the God, this was uh, the man I was going to marry and explained how we met, etc. Some were very happy for me. Others thought I was nuts. <laughs> we talked and talked for hours on the phone, sometimes until the early morning. Soon, it was November, and I decided to invite him for Christmas. He said he would love to come. This would be the first time we would meet, and he would meet Eric. Great, right? Wrong. Each year, a family member would host Christmas at their house. I forgot it was my year to host Christmas. So, not only was Scott going to meet me and Eric for the first time, but he was going to meet my entire family. <laughs> I panicked. How am I going to tell him? Would he change his mind? Did I blow yet another relationship? Nope. It didn't bother him one bit to be meeting my clan. Christmas that year was the best I can remember. Scott got along well with my family, and they seemed to like him too from what I could tell. We had dinner and opened gifts and had a great time. After everyone left, Eric went to play in his room, and Scott and I exchanged gifts. He called Eric out of his room and asked Eric if he could get that box that was tucked in the tree. So Eric retrieved it and gave it to Scott and went back in his room to play with his new Legos. Scott put the box in my hand and told me to close my eyes and take off the wrapping. When I did, I could feel Scott hold the box with me and I felt like he was winding something. Was it a music box? Suddenly, the song Unchained Melody by the Righteous Brothers was coming from the box. Before I could open my eyes, Scott had Eric come back out of his room. I had no clue what was going on. I felt Scott turn the box around and open it, and then he told me to open my eyes. When I opened my eyes, there was this gorgeous canary diamond staring up at me from this beautiful cherry music box. He then asked Eric if it was okay with him to ask his mom to marry him. Eric said, yes, yes. <laughs> so down on one knee he got and through tears, those who know Scott know what a mush he is. <laughs> through tears, he asked me to be his bride and I said yes, and the rest is his story. I have been serving in various ministries here at Bethlehem for over 31 years now 
and can't imagine my, what my life would be like if I had not had all those events happen that led me to where I am now. Though a lot of my life was filled with bad choices, God blessed the broken road that led me straight to him. Oh. Well, that was beautiful. <laughs> and you. I get to hear beautiful. it for the second time now. Oh. <clears throat> so beautiful. Wow. Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. How incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just so amazing how God uses like our our stories right mm-hmm. our our imperfections and and everything and mm-hmm. how many countless countless lives you've changed since then yeah you know and you wouldn't have been relatable right to people right. if you hadn't had that pain first right mm-hmm. and I think because of what I've gone through I can now minister to some of the ladies at Bethlehem um because I'm sure I'm not the only one that's been through what I've been through so, and I'm a quiet supporter sometimes because I know that some people don't like to open up and I'm a very open and honest person. Um, that's just how I'm wired. But I let my sisters at Bethlehem know that I'm always there for them. Um, we have a Facebook page that I'm constantly mm-hmm. saying, hey, let me be your angel by your side. If you're going through a tough time, I can't change that, but I can be with you here I can give you a shoulder I can pray with you Mm -hmm. um there's times where I'll just say hey how can I pray for you today and I just I want to be there for them because Mm -hmm. I had someone Mm -hmm. thank you Abby I had someone who's no longer at Bethlehem and she was there for me to help me along the way so now I'm being a Titus woman and Mm -hmm. I'm helping the younger woman come up Mm. I love that so go ahead no you go you go (laughs) I I just think it's amazing because it seems like a lot of times all of a lot of us have there is this big before and after and it's kind of like Paul like right. had such a big before before mm. meeting Jesus on the road to Damascus and after right and so some you know I don't know it's just amazing to see yeah amazing yeah. to see and to look back and. How far we've come only because of God. Oh, absolutely. And I have some people say to me, oh, gosh, I basically was born in the church. I don't Mm -hmm. have any stories like that. And I say, thank God you don't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they probably do. If they were to look back at a timeline of their life, like we talked about last week, I think, that there are those moments. And maybe we don't, that God speaks to us. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I just love, like, uh, how you had said that a woman invite and, and, like, asked to come over for dinner. Yeah. And talk to you. You know, I think my life, it would have been so different if somebody did that for me. You know, the first time I've been had, you know, God's had to save me twice. (laughs) No, she said when she had come over, she said that she had never seen or heard somebody that was so ripe for the picking so to speak really she said you were so hungry to find the love of god yeah to find the forgiveness of god the transformation of god that you were just waiting for someone to come and share that mm. with you and she said i i was happy i was able to do that yeah oh, mm. i love but that. that's about connecting with people yes. and and really loving people yeah. Yep, like she wanted you to have to have Jesus. Right, exactly. And that's why, you know, that's why 
um, when God called me to be the women's ministry chair, I jumped at the chance because mm-hmm. I wanted to be there for my sisters like someone was there for me. Right. Oh, um, that's an, oh. So that's... And you've put together, like, I've been to two of your events, and it, it's so non-judgmental, which mm-hmm. just makes people feel comfortable. Cause mm-hmm. I, and I feel like that's how Jesus... Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, just loving and compassionate. And I think even when, you know, women get together and they're from different churches or different denominations, Mm -hmm. man builds walls. There are no walls in heaven. There are no denominations in heaven. We are all covered by the blood of Christ. Bottom line. Yes. Um, Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yes. Yeah. And Bobby, like for your life, what was it like before Jesus and after Jesus? Well, well, we all know I have lots of them, right? But <laughs> I think the most like recent one I've been noticing is these trade shows. And we've talked about trade shows before on the podcast. But before, um, I loved trade shows. I loved them. I loved <laughs> the camaraderie of my, you know, friends from work. I loved the, the going out and socializing and, I, to be quite honest, the drinking and, you know, all of that partying. And, and it was just like in the spring and, and sometimes in the fall, it's called trade show season. And we go to like seven of them. Mm. And it's three days a week or something over like a course of a few months um, that you see your friends and you catch up and you talk to them throughout the year. But it's not the same, you know. Face to face. Right. And... You stay up far too late, you drink too much, you know, you get into trouble, you do bad things, and there's um, there's affairs that happen, there's, you know, um, and it's really unfortunate, right? And people's lives get ruined from trade shows, yeah. you know, and it's, and it's an, a reason. People will be like, oh, I'm going to go to that trade show in, like, Vegas because I know this girl is going, or, you know what I mean? And, or they just use that as an excuse um, and just recently, last year, it wasn't as bad. Um, but this year, as my relationship with God grows, I really, I don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to participate in any of them. And I don't even want to go, you know. And I am a little resentful. I mean, we all know I want to be a stay-at-home mom. And I never wanted that before. And and it's I, it's a fine line between like wanting what God wants for me and wanting what I want for me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so, but specifically like these trade shows, Abby went with me to the, to the last one. And then this, or the one like two before. And then, um, one of our friends from church, Amy's daughter went to this last one. And this, this past one now was here. And so I got to come home every night, but I still kept finding myself like it's nine o'clock. I need to go home. I don't want to be here, you know. But while you were there, right. you at each one, you shared Jesus right. or, with people. Or, like, there was one in Boston I went to, and Alex had to stay here. And I wrestled that Sunday with God something awful mm. because I had to miss church for it, and I had to miss my baby, and I was at this hotel by myself. And Sunday night, he I, I sat in a bathtub, which I never take baths. I'm not an idle person, but I was miserable. 
And I was so, like, I wrestled with him and I didn't sleep all that well. I got up in the middle of the night. I had to get on my knees and pray mm-hmm. just, like, because I just couldn't get out of mm-hmm. it, you know. And I'm like, I don't want to be here. I want to be a stay-at-home mom. Why am I here? You know, like, you know, and, and Satan, once he creeps in, you go down this path. That toehold. Yep. But mm-hmm. you know what, Kim? In that, that morning, I had to go to a breakfast, and God was the center of that meeting. There was prayers about him. The main speaker mentioned Jesus more times than, like, our pastor. You know what I mean? That's he perfect. was so good to me that I needed that. Mm-hmm. You know, I needed that. So he let you have your temper tantrum, right. and then he said, yeah. let's do it my way. Right, exactly. And so I got to sit next to somebody and be like, so that that whole thing spewed a conversation I, I had with somebody next to me about God. Um, you know, but again, like Abby said, there has been something God has done to plant a reason for me to be there mm-hmm. every single time. Yes. It doesn't matter. Yes. Absolutely. But He's I'm working. still yeah. mad about having to be there, yeah. let me tell you. I know. So it's just funny because I used to love those. And that's the main thing that I see now. There's plenty more how God has sanctified me. But one time I, I prayed, God, please um, excavate my heart. Mm. And that was the best and hardest thing. And it's been uh, over a year it's been a year and a half. I mean, it's been the hardest process I've ever been through, but it's been life-changing. You have good vocabulary. Excavate my Yes, exactly. That's a, truck. That's a truck and excavator. Sometimes he comes in with a backhoe and just blows yeah, everything out. He does, but that is all him. You know, like He's amazing. He will, if you're looking for him, mm. he will be like, this is why it sucks that you're here. Yes, I know, but this is why you have to be yes, here. Yes, yeah, I'm working. Yeah. You yep. can share Jesus yeah. with what these is, people. What does scripture say? Do all things as unto you. Yes. Right. Even mm. if you're flipping burgers. Yes. 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 Or parking cars. Yeah. yeah. Or you're a vice yeah. president of a company yeah. making seven figures a year and you're a Christian, he's yeah. gonna use you in ways right. you don't even know about. Yeah. yeah, even like even at work, I I he's definitely teaching me that. Like I have to work for him mm-hmm. and and all I wanna do is be home and I just sulk like every single day. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's not fair, you know, mm-hmm. to him or to me because I'm not I'm not doing what I should be doing, you it's know. It's your heart attitude. It's my heart attitude, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least I can see that. And I know, mm-hmm. and it's just a process that he and I are working in. Because that job is all I ever wanted. Mm-hmm. And now it's, I don't want to ever be there, mm-hmm. you know. I just want to be home. With and maybe God is putting those desires on your heart to right. open your heart to meeting someone. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you, know? you know, but I have to be okay. And I've said this. As much as I'm throwing a temper tantrum right now, if I need to be here in the city, well, yes. I'm not really in the city, but if I have to be here in the city and here in my job, and that's where, and Alex has to go to public school, if that's where we're supposed to be, then unfortunately, I just have to deal with that, right? Yeah, and I because it's about it. him, because it's right. not about our lives being right. it's his perfect. Show me and, it's yeah. about it's about him, right. And us spreading the gospel, right? You know, it's just. I know it in my head, yes, but it's not in my heart yet, and that's the process. That's well, yeah, and but it, but we see it, like when you say, "Oh, I I talked to this person who came in about Jesus at your job," you know, right. like I I see it, 
Right. And well, you? if I have to be there, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> well, yay! <laughs> exactly. I'm not yeah, happy about yay. it, though, but it's still my heart. That's so Well, good. anyway, so that's that. But yeah. what about you, Abby? Um, well, before it was a lot of anxiety with me. And I, we've talked about yeah. runs in my family. And, um, and, it, and it was through my son. And I'm not, I'm not going to go into it. You can listen to prior podcasts. But really, it just makes me feel more firm mm-hmm. and not as anxious. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really helping me lately what we talked about. Yes. So he really changed my heart and just made me feel more sure of myself, not because of me, but because of him. Yeah. And it's like we have to face hard things. And I used to just worry about it mm-hmm. all of the time. Yeah. And and I still have natural tendencies to do that, mm-hmm. but I try and go to him. Yeah. And I screw up sometimes, right. like well, we all do. Yeah. But that's the biggest thing that's changed is just mm-hmm. like having that foundation yeah. changes right. everything and it changes our hearts yeah if you haven't heard abby's testimony mm-hmm. with it's it's amazing mm-hmm. it's beautiful it'll mm-hmm. make you cry just like him <laughs> same with yours and a lot of times it is children who yeah. it's and that is a new life renewal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and they they do god works through them yeah. like yeah. amazingly. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Well, well, this was amazing. Yes. And I am so glad that you came on. I'm glad yes. you all asked so me. Much. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Yes, there's so much hope in your testimony and you. all God has done for you is amazing to hear yeah. about he's not done yet no no, no not at all but you're just this you're is just act, one. Yeah, <laughs> act one yeah act one of kim but i just love that he's using you you yes. know and i love that that yeah. was so yeah. good and he so and he can use anybody if they're a willing vessel mm. um you Even know there's so many not. people that just sit in church and hear the sermon but they don't do anything with it. And right. what does scripture say about that in Matthew 25? Right. Mm-hmm. Lord, didn't we do this? Didn't we do that? And he says, yes. what? Yeah. Depart Did from you know, me. Yeah. I never knew you. Yeah. Right. Because being a Christian and being saved from whatever isn't a get out of hell free card and then right. you live your life like whatever. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. You need to show your life has been transformed. Yeah. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. don't waste your time. Right. Yes. Well, and what a, yeah. yeah, and like we talked about, Paul is like such an amazing mm-hmm. example of how God changes oh, people's lives, and absolutely. like David, for to being a shepherd, kind of a forgotten shepherd, to being King, King David, right? Like he, I mean, he does such amazing things that we can't fathom with right. our right minds, and we yeah. often wonder why did he use that person, yeah. right? Or why did he do it mm-hmm. this way, yeah. Because his will is not our way, or right. our ways are not his ways, mm-hmm. and his mind is much more infinite than ours, mm-hmm. and yeah. mm. we just don't have any clue. No, yeah. no, and we just have to trust him, right. and mm. I love, I that I repeat that to myself, you just mm. have to trust him. There's so much hope in that. Yes, mm. oh, so much hope. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, thank you, and mm. um, thank you again, Kim. Yes, We're thank so you. glad Pleasure. to have you here. Yes.
Yep, you'll have to come back. Yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, and thank you to everyone that was listening. Thank and you. comment, like, and subscribe. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>